Welcome to episode two of the Single Professional Mother podcast. Um, I want to welcome my guest, Jennifer Adams Tejada. Like I promised, I brought her on the show because we share over 25 years of friendship. And tonight's um, episode is about the stereotypes of the single mother. Mm. Um, Let's talk about that. It let's talk about that because sometimes we have conversations and I think we have to wait until we get home to have them because they're real offhanded conversations, whether at work, whether we're out in public, you're grocery shopping and you just hear these things and you, you got to bite your tongue because it, they're offensive, but they're not, I, I don't think that's the intent when people say some of the things that they say to us. Um, so, Jen, why don't you introduce yourself um, and tell us about your beautiful daughters. And um, then we'll get into some of the stereotypes that you've experienced over your years of being a single professional mother. Well, I'm Jennifer. Um, as you mentioned, we've been around each other for about 25 years because we went to college together. So I'm college ed- educated. I've got a degree. I've um, gotten all kinds of certificates. I've been working in marketing for 20 some odd years. I'm at the director level. I've got three sparkling diva daughters um so i i i'm raising powerful women um i've got one who's 24 um she thinks she's my favorite but you know let her think what she wants uh but she's also college educated and is running her own business and is building her freelance marketing empire so she is the successful daughter of a single mother um, I've got a 16-year-old who is uh, thriving in high school and going through her own, you know, teenage things, is focused on mm-hmm. going to college and is in engineering programs. And so she's going to be a spectacular, amazing woman when she gets to college and gets all grown up. And then I've got a superstar who is seven years old. Um she has Asperger's, but it is not the definition of her. She's um, brilliant, so smart, very intelligent, um, and funny and creative and and all of the things that you would expect of a highly capable girl. Um, and she is, she's the baby, clearly the baby in the house, but mm-hmm. um, raising her too. Okay, that's yes. And I will put in a little plug here for the eldest. Not that she's my favorite at all, but um, Miss Ayana Edward is the podcast producer of Single Professional Mother. So, yes, love her. Love she's, her. She's, my she's little... all right. She tried to, she yeah. texted me about my next Netflix password tonight. Like, get your own Netflix <laughs> password, sis. <laughs> You know, she doesn't have to do that yet. She's not that grown yet. We all need our mamas. Yeah, yeah. So, so do I. I need mine too. So. 
Um, so I remember one time you and I were talking and, um, I know a woman that you had worked with, she was like, wow, you know, how do you do it? And, um, (laughs) you know, and I remember you were like, I've been biting my tongue all day. And I, like, I really, really despise that title, um, superwoman. Because there is, I wear no cape, and it's hard. This is this is not the path, you know, that we chose, and it's it's hard doing what we do. And I think people see the outcomes of our children and really think that, you know, we kind of just, oh well, how do you do it? You must be a superwoman. Wow, I can never do what you do. Do you have a choice? I don't remember having a choice. I remember somebody going, hey, would you like to lift heavy buildings with one arm tied behind your back every day and then make sure everybody has lunch and then come home and do it again at night? Nobody said, hey, do you want to do that? It's just what you have to do. Anybody who is faced in this situation, or for the most part, most anybody, when you're, you don't ask to be a single mother. You, something happened. Mm-hmm. You're, you find yourself here. There was somebody there, and now there's not somebody there. And you just wake up the next day and you go to work, or you go to school, or you do the things that you were doing, and then you just keep doing it. Like mm-hmm. the kids, the kids have got to get fed. The clothes have got to be washed. You just do it. Right. Right. And you hit on an interesting point and something happened and that something happened. I know for both of us, it was marriage. And I think a stereotype that I get a lot is people are shocked. The fact that I was married to their father. I don't understand that one. Every uh, I, That's <laughs> the one that, that never ceases to amaze me. I don't know if it's because I'm a woman, woman of color I don't know if it's mm-hmm. because of my age. I don't know why people think, oh, well, how could she have popped, you know, oh, that's your baby daddy. I don't have a baby daddy. Yep. I was married. I, I, I started yeah. out life just like everybody else with vows and hoping for a family and a traditional lifestyle, mm-hmm. just like everybody else. And something happened. Right. I mean, the divorce rate in America is 50%. So, um, seems to me there's a whole lot of single women, single mothers out there. There's got to be like more than we're talking about. I'm thinking so. <laughs> I definitely think so. And it's like, oh well, um, I know for me, I get a lot. Oh, that it, it's the same father. And I'm like, yes, we had to. And it's not like I'm sitting there with five kids. I have two kids. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yes, they're within five years of each other. We were together for nine years. And um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, it's the same father. We were married. I shared their last name at one point. I still have his last name. We were together for 13 years. <laughs> last week, if we had still been together, it would have been 20 years. We like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We had a family, and now we don't because we made decisions in our marriage that it that that we weren't in the right situation. It was 
for us, it was just like probably every marriage that ends in divorce, that you have to make a decision whether this level of fighting, this level of frustration is a safe and happy environment for your children. Mm -hmm. And um, that brings up an interesting point, because I know for me, when I chose to end my marriage, you know, for the longest time, I thought I was doing it for the kids. And then I finally put myself first and decided, you know, this needed to be about me. Um, because it was a toxic relationship. And one of the things I get a lot of times, yeah, but what about the kids? I mean, didn't you want to hang in there for the kids? And I, I don't know why I get so offended with that. Maybe it's because I think, well, you know, I married him to have a husband, not so they could have a father. Well, and you know why people think say that is because they expect women to give up their whole lives for their husbands. Once you, you know, in, especially when we were growing up, the expectation was if you get married, um, you become his property, his thing. And mm-hmm. what you do for you is considered selfish. If you're not doing for him and the kids, what are you even living for? Like, why are you even alive? What are you doing with yourself? Exactly. Um, and I and I really, I think that's the one that gets me the most. And um, there's just this expectation that, you know, I'm not doing that. And that's exactly the reason I did do it. I didn't do it for the kids. So they wouldn't see the toxicity between he and I. And we've gotten to the point that we can co-parent that they're, my kids are not exposed to arguing. My kids are not exposed to two people living in a small space who can't stand each other. Yeah. Cause that's, they have now seen the healthy part of us being able to get along for them. Yeah. And that, like, I think that's a better situation all around is showing showing especially because we have daughters showing your daughters i did not ever want my daughters to believe that they didn't matter that their feelings wouldn't matter in a marriage that they would be discounted that they just had to suck it up and take it no matter what happened to them and if Mm -hmm. i said if i stayed if i stayed through that and could continue doing what i was doing because it was me it was me doing that I, had, I, I was married for so long because I kept going back. I kept mm-hmm. believing, okay, I need to stay for the kids, that we need to, to hold it together. We need to, if we just try again, then we'll come up with a happy home. You know, this time we've, he's matured, I've matured. Like we just kept bumping our heads into the same rock over and over again. But what I realized I was showing my children, my daughters, was that, my feelings right. didn't matter. And the only thing that, even though I had a full-time job, I was, I was uh, financially carrying the household. I was, finan- I was carrying the, the cooking and the cleaning and the housework, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Like there wasn't anything in that house that I wasn't doing when I was married. What I was showing my daughters was 
you have to do everything and your partner doesn't is not expected to to do anything and if you don't like it then suck it up because this is your lot in life and i did not want them to believe that i never wanted them to believe that this that was all they were worth all they could be was a wife right right exactly and do you find you know i think on the mother level we are judged enough um and that how do you um perceive people or how do people perceive you um because you are at that executive level now and you have been at different points in your career um at least over the past 10 years at an executive level do you find that people are shocked that you do have a degree and you have these titles and you are so successful at work and yet, you know, a single mother, do you think they have this expectation that, you know, you are some welfare woman just living off the system to take care of your kids? Oh, uh, I, people are shocked all the time when they meet me. <laughs> all the time. And, and uh-huh. they discount who, who I am or who I'm working for or what my job really is. And, it, I, you know, I, I think it's a lot of times it's because I show up in these spaces where I'm the only woman of color. I'm the only person of color, period. Mm-hmm. Because at that level, we right. know there's not enough representation. Um, I think the second thing is, is they find out that I'm a mother. And then that shocks them again, because for some reason, they think that I'm 32 and I'm not that at all. And they think that I'm some junior level person. and I'm not that. Um, and then I have to, I, I end up having to qualify myself constantly right. in conversations. Oh, yes. After my daughter graduated from college, we did blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Note, I am old enough to have a daughter who's it. So when did you, were you really young when you had her? Yeah, I was like 22. <laughs> just a baby (laughs) yes you know because I think of it our parents were I know my mother was like 28 she had four kids you know and it's like this shock that um you know oh well how old is your daughter she's a teen now oh my goodness and you know what you work for a president you work what yes I've been building my career for 20 years now what and it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, all of these things a are career. totally a thing that I've been doing all my life. Uh, so it's like, it's just these, you, you have to make these co- constant qualifying statements just so you're considered, um, allow, your people feel like you're allowed to sit at the table with them. But I think right. the other thing is because I'm a mother, I... I handle people very differently. I I think if there's a superpower a mother has, it's being able to be direct and honest with people because you have to do it at home every day. Um, You run the house. So coming in and running the office, running my team, managing situations, managing budgets is nothing to me. It it is the same thing Mm -hmm. I do at home every day. So I'm, if anything, I'm exceptionally qualified for the work I do. Exactly. I think it's one of the things I remember I was in an exit interview with 
um, one of my bosses at one point in my career. And it was just this, you know, I, I think I was perceived as the lazy one on his team because I never went over my personal or sick time or all that. But yes, I did use it all. And it was just like, you know, you, when you're here, you're here, but you're gone a lot. Like we, we looked at your um, time usage and you used up all your sick time and vacation time and all your personal time. And I think there's this perception that, you know, I'm sitting at home eating bonbons (laughs) and it's no, I was not sick at all, but this was a place that didn't utilize remote working. So I was in this position of I've probably taken only three sick days for myself being sick. (laughs) But ultimately, I do have two kids. I have one who, when she was younger, was very um, severe asthmatic. So a little cold could turn into a week out of school for her. So it's this perception that it wasn't until this exit interview that I found out I was perceived as, you know, taking all this time off and actually being compared to. Oh yeah. Oh, that absolutely does happen. Um, I've got a coworker now who has a small child and that she's perceived as taking all this sick time off. Um, if her child gets sick, she just put her child to daycare and she, it's not like she's gone over the sick time she's been allotted. It's not even like she has staff in the office that need to be managed. Her staff is a remote staff and they look at her negatively because of that. I'm sensitive to the fact I've been sensitive my entire career to the fact that that perception is reality and running around, making sure everything is handled for my children so that there's not there's very little to no perception that I'm less present than other people uh it's frustrating because I feel like my family suffers for it sometimes but I'm also the one who's all their whose kids are always in the office and I've just been very matter of fact about the fact that when I'm there and when I'm working I'm going to give you 110 percent I'm going to work at home you're going to hear from me via email at 10 o'clock at night if I'm still working you're you're going to know as my employer that I am I am available and there just as much as anybody else is in the building because I've seen it happen to a number of women specifically it doesn't ever seem to happen to the men the fathers but I've seen it happen right. to the women specifically okay. where they're being judged because of the time they take off they may have extra vacation hours they may have not even dipped into their their allotted time off um but they're still being judged for it because if they're not present then they must be off being mothers and being mothers must be more important than the work so then they're not serious about their work that's the perception right right and how have you managed to um as i developed this whole concept of the single the professional and the mother because there is this there are those three separate qualities within us where 
we are the head of the household where we have to allow our families to function. And at the same time, there is this person who is separate from the title given at work. We are separate from being mothers all the time. And then there is just us (laughs) somewhere. We, you know, maybe it's only... 10% of our lives that we Mm -hmm. can give ourselves when we're not at work, when we're not being mothers, that we find that time. Even us trying to set up this phone call tonight, I'm like, ooh, the oldest just went out with friends and the youngest is at the other house. I'm like, yeah, I'm at the house to myself. I'm going to call her real quick. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, oh no, now she just texted. She's on her way too. And she said 10 minutes. And it's like finding that one (laughs) spot to just launch this has taken me over a year. And I'm like, uh, you know, so how do you, um, as we wrap this up, really perceive yourself as that single professional mother who faces these stereotypes but needs to be that head of your household. You need to be that mother and be there for your children. And at the same time, at some point in the day, just be Jen. Um, I don't know who this Jen person is that you speak of. (laughs) (laughs) I know you don't like it when I say your name, but I did it. (laughs) I, I say that because, yeah, she's hard to find. Um, literally the time that I have for her is, is the period of time between the time I leave my office and the time that I hit the door. You've had a conversation with me where you're like, oh, you have 10 minutes. Well, it depends on traffic. I might have 15 minutes. I might have 30 minutes. (laughs) I don't know how much time I have, but as soon as I walk in the door, I got to turn, turn on. Uh, because they've got yeah. questions and I've got to get dinner on the table and I've got to do all of these things so that I could take a deep breath and and get in bed on time so that I can do this again effectively tomorrow morning and give them my as much of my undivided attention as I can during those three hours between the time I get home and the time that, that the lights go out at the house at night. So it, it really is that period of time, that commute um, I have recently, because my best friend told me I should do this, started going to the gym on Saturdays and Sundays. I had no, I was like, when am I going to have time to work out? I, like, wh- when? When? <laughs> and so she's like, oh, just, you know, I'm just going on the weekends. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I, that's, I can go on the weekends. <laughs> I can find an hour on Saturday and an hour on Sunday <laughs> to make sure that I don't die of gout or whatever's coming for me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so it it is those two hours in the gym on Saturdays and Sundays and it's those 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the afternoon of my commute and I spend that that time working on me I spend that time listening to ebooks or listening to my favorite music or catching up with a friend on the phone or, you know, just sitting in silence and praying and thinking and making lists in my head of the things that that help me figure out what the next year, two years, five years looks like. And I, I like if that's the time I have, that's just the time I have. And that's what I'm going to spend it doing. 
the other thing is I've had to start like now that I have a 16 year old I've had to start carving out time for social time whether it's just a, a you know an hour after work for happy hour with the ladies from work or a concert once a year of somebody that I like I you know or right. a movie just a stinking movie by myself is a big deal so I've had to start making time to choose myself but the rest of the time right. I am on at work when I'm at home, I'm on at work. There's, you know, work that has to be done after work, right. you know, at, at the executive level, there are things it's, you don't necessarily always get to turn it off when you walk out the door at the end right. of the day. Exactly. Um, and one last thing, um, what advice do you have for You know, I know there's women out there that have been doing this for years and you have found your own niche and your own way of doing things. There are women out there who are, um, their kids are grown, they're out of the house, they did it. Um, My question to you is, what advice do you have for the new single professional mother who needs to work or is trying to find that job because she now has to support the family and um, is really trying to navigate this world of no direction. Um, my advice is if you are working and you have, you have a, a little bit of disposable income, if you have enough money to, to go to send your kid to daycare, or like if you just haven't like you you've got an extra hundred bucks a week or so get help get help i have i've had a nanny at various parts of my 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 child my children's lives or home health care or home child care works great too get help get get somebody to be your backup support system even if you have to pay them um sometimes like sometimes your your family gets sick of you asking or you don't feel like asking them because you don't feel like you want to be a burden or you don't feel like you're that you're you're you feel bad about your divorce just hire somebody just find just just find a high school student find a college student Go on the the nanny sites, get, you know, whether it's just you need Saturday night help so you can go out to the movies. Um, It's not just nannies. They also have uh, house managers now that'll work for an hour or two. Um, You might consider getting um, an admin. So they have these these, uh, assistants, virtual assistants, if you need help making doctor's appointments or or getting all the school supplies get help don't don't be a hero you you don't have a cape i mean you might have a cape but but you don't wear that for your job (laughs) don't be a hero get help use your little pennies rub them together get somebody to mow your lawn get like you we're we're human beings we're not supposed to do this alone this is hard and uncomfortable because all of a sudden a job that you're doing as a mother, you're supposed to have a father. You're supposed to not be doing this alone. So 
don't be afraid to to find some help, ask for help, and 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 build your village. That's my advice. That's great advice, and I will say my advice to new mothers out there. Um, I'll just share very quickly that, you know, when I became a single mother, you know, I had my job for a year and then I was unemployed for close to 15 months. And um, I was on the couch of this wonderful lady who was on the phone for a year. And then I was in my parents' basement for a year and a half. And it was tough. It was really, really tough because, you know, I had to figure it out and I eventually did, but I needed that help. So where I am at now is not where I started when all of this happens. So don't feel defeated. Don't feel like it's not going to get any better. Um, I know it's, it's very difficult when you set your lifestyle, lifestyle up with two incomes and it goes down to one. And especially if that two income household you were running goes down to no income at all. So don't beat yourself up, take it one day at a time and know that it will get better. And I've created this single professional mother platform so that even if you just tune in and you just need to pick me up, I hope that this does this for you. So I thank you all for joining. Jennifer, I thank you for coming on the show tonight. And I wish all of you out there, you single professional mothers, you are doing an you amazing got this, job. You can do this. <laughs> thank you for joining.